Allie Brind, and I am a junior at Hobart and William Smith Colleges. I'm an Applied Linguistics and Psychology double major and a Women's Studies minor. To combine my interest in linguistics and women's studies, I wanted to make a podcast dedicated to looking at the ways in which language can be used against women, and also how it can be reclaimed by women to take the harmful nature out of these words. I will be addressing the ways in which certain words may be used against people in different ways depending on the identity of whom the words are used against. I analyze these terms as a white, cisgender, middle-class woman from the U.S. I have experienced derogatory words used against me in sexist ways. However, I have not experienced language in ways that many women and non-binary people with different identities and races have experienced. I cannot speak for these people as I have different experiences, yet my aim is to raise awareness for the injustices that people often face through language use when claiming different identities. In this episode, I will be discussing the ways in which people reclaim words and why this is important. I will present arguments for and against reclamation of words, and I ultimately argue that people should reappropriate words to empower themselves and dismantle the power that others have over them through using derogatory words. So what is reappropriation? Well, reappropriation is the reclaiming of harmful words and changing their meaning to neutralize or repurpose the speech. This occurs when the group that is the target of the term takes the word back and changes its meaning to empower themselves and their identity. Reappropriation makes the speech seem less disparaging and makes people feel more empowered. As mentioned by Van Veel in her article, Reclaiming Slurs is a Form of Resisting Oppression, people felt more powerful after self-labeling with a derogatory word, and this also led to decreasing the negative connotations affiliated with the word. These derogatory terms are used to keep people marginalized, so by reappropriating them, it is a way for subdued groups to fight back and resist oppression. In The Psychological Power of Reclaiming Oppressive Language, Carolyn Gregoire explains that reclaiming words can play an important role in cultivating identity and facilitating conversations about rights. Reclaiming words allows minority groups to bring to light how these words have been used to keep them down. It helps people recognize this oppression and make an effort to change how minority groups are viewed. By changing a word's meaning, it is a way for these oppressed groups to embrace their identity and be proud of who they are, rather than letting others try to subjugate them through the use of offensive terms. Reappropriation is important, but it does not completely remove the previous insult associated with the term. It has power to disarm terms, but these words may still be used to hurt others. Reclaiming words gives groups back their power and pride, but it is not the end-all be-all to oppression. Some may argue that we should not reclaim slurs, as their oppressive roots are difficult to erase in society. As William Smith in The Daily Iowan argues, these words are still offensive no matter how much you want to redefine it. Some people will never be able to redefine these words. For a lot of people, these words were used to bully people. Because of that, the weight and history behind these words can never be positive for everyone. So while this may be true, I disagree with this statement, as words are able to change dramatically over time. Words are given meaning and constructed through society, and without a meaning, a word is just a word. For example, my roommate gave me the word snoggle. It's not a word, but if it's given meaning, it can be powerful. Let's say it's used as an offensive word to call a woman ugly, like, she's such a snoggle. But without this context, it would not seem offensive. Say we do the same thing with the derogatory word and just change its meaning. So now bitch means powerful. The meaning of a word is malleable and is able to transform over time through spreading change within a large community. 
Did you know that the word nice used to be used as an insult, meaning stupid or ignorant? Now it is seen as a compliment that people aim to be. As well, flirt used to mean to sneer at or give someone a sharp blow, yet now it has playful and romantic connotations. These are just few examples of how words can change over time. And while it may be a lengthy process that requires dedication, it is quite possible to change the meaning of a word from a harmful one to an empowering one. People may also argue that when reclaiming words, the word is confined to small groups that are able to use it. In her article, Precarious Projects, the Performative Structure of Reclamation, Herbert states that reclamation projects would not be able to achieve the desired ends if it were entirely discursively isolated. A central goal of reclamation is to subvert oppressive social norms used against those targeted by the term. This subversion can only occur by interacting with people outside the group engaged in reclamation. As well, Smith argues that when you restrict a group from saying a word, you are ultimately trying to have your cake and eat it too. You are redefining the word for your group, but still leaving the old slur for the rest of the world. I do agree that by limiting the word to only one group may hinder the ability to change the word's meaning. However, I feel that the progress made within the group of using the term is a first step in reappropriation. The oppressed group must first agree to reappropriate the word and make it known that the meaning has changed. And once this happens, others can start to understand how the word should be used in ways that are not offensive. Like take for example the word queer. While it may be used mainly by the group itself, it is not often used as an offensive term because people have recognized that the meaning has changed to an empowering term of identity for this group. So you may now be wondering, how do people reclaim words? It seems like a difficult and lengthy process. Well, the article, Take It Back, Five Steps to Reclaim a Dirty Name by Megan Neal explains this process in five easy steps. Step one, say it first. She states that self-esteem is at the root of culturally reclaiming a word. By watching others feel positive about adopting the label, people who have been ashamed can proudly identify with the group and it snowballs from there. I agree with this and I think that it's very important for people to be proud of using the word to label themselves and must do it in consolidarity with others. She also writes, words are empty. A set of phonemes and that's all, Hardy says, until we assign them a meaning. Being the first to assign that meaning can give a targeted person or group the upper hand. No word can be bad. It has only what power you give it. I strongly agree with this quote as I do believe that words only have meaning if you give them meaning. And by giving it a positive meaning, it can empower a group of people who were previously oppressed by the term. Neil writes that the second step is brace for backlash. Some people resist the reclamation of a word because they believe it can never be separated from its original meaning and they will thus try to attack others for trying to reclaim a slur. So you must be prepared for this and embrace the fact that not everyone's going to be happy about it, but you just have to persevere and accept this backlash. Step three, embrace the stigma. These words do have stigma from their original meaning and one must embrace where the words came from in order to reclaim the word and identify with it. The words are appropriated for a reason and they all have an original nature that comes along with the term. So you have to embrace this original meaning and change it for a positive reason, but also embrace where the word came from. Now step four is to make it mainstream. This means that in order for a word to be reclaimed, others must agree and join in changing its meaning. And finally, step five is take action. This involves getting the word into political and social movements to help advocate for oppressed groups and change the word's meaning in order to make a progressive movement.
So easy, right? Well, not really. Neil did explain the simple steps to reclaiming a word, but there are so many challenges involved in this process. Yes, she did mention the backlash faced when trying to reclaim a word, which is a really tough aspect to overcome. Not everyone is willing to get on board, which may prevent the reclamation of words, and it discourages people from wanting to continue to persevere and reclaim a word. As well, not everyone is included in the movement to reclaim oppressive words. As Mickey Kendall explains in her book, Hood Feminism, Notes from the Woman That a Movement Forgot, Women of color are often ignored by white women in feminist movements. White women yield more power than women of color due to their race and do not often take it upon themselves to advocate for those who are more oppressed because they believe that it's not their responsibility. And meanwhile, women of color are often ignored when they try to advocate for themselves, so there really is no progress made. In order to be truly effective in reclaiming the word, people with all types of identities and races must be included. And the additional challenges that people of color face in reclaiming these words must be recognized. Women of color may face more difficulty in reclaiming words because they face more stereotypes and are therefore berated more when trying to reclaim a word. For example, slut. They are stereotyped and they are hypersexualized and expected to be slutty, so when they try to reclaim this, it often leads to further oppression. White women must acknowledge these challenges and advocate for these women to allow the reclamation to be fully inclusive and effective. So due to this additional power that white women hold, they have the ability to reclaim words without facing harassment to the extent that women of color often face. White women have the privilege to publicly reclaim words more freely, and they must recognize this privilege that they have to speak out without facing the additional violence and oppression that women of color often encounter. Women of color still try to speak out against the injustices they face, but they do not have the power that white women have of being viewed as more deserving by the white male patriarchy. As Collins writes in the chapter, Mammy's Matriarch and Other Controlling Images. Despite the pervasiveness of controlling images, African-American women as a group have resisted these ideological justifications for our oppression. Unlike white women who face the pitfall of being seduced into joining the oppressor under the pretense of sharing power and for whom there is a wider range of pretended choices and rewards for identifying with the patriarchal power and its tools, black women are offered fewer possibilities. So because white women have these additional powers and opportunities granted to them, they must use this power that they have to advocate for women of color to be able to have a voice. Reclamation is a difficult and lengthy process, but through an inclusive and dedicated movement to reappropriate a word, it is quite possible to change a word from a degrading one to an empowering one. This episode has focused on what reclamation is, why we should and should not reclaim words, and also what goes into reclaiming a word. In the following episodes, I am going to be digging deeper into specific examples of reappropriation and how they take shape. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you next time. Thank you.